Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to another Sunday night of Paranormal Science. I'm Stan Zurich, and uh, tonight's going to be a little different. I'm alone here. <laughs> okay, so, Bob, if you're out there, I hope you give me a call, because tonight we're talking about UFOs. Okay, if anybody else wants to call in and talk about UFOs, our numbers are 570-883-0098, or anywhere in Pennsylvania, 1-800-437-0098. Last week, Mark and myself talked about a little bit about UFOs, and we had planned on doing more tonight. Mark had reported that he had seen several uh, orbs, red lights, something drifting across uh, his neighborhood up above Tonkanic. I uh, had said that I had seen something around town down here, sitting in one of the mountains up in Suskin, watching the sunset, and uh, basically I seen the si- something the size of a golf ball. Hoovering over the sunset in a nice clear area between nice colored clouds. Sun started to go down. This thing just dropped right out. Like a bullet dropped straight down. And to follow that up, last week right after the show, Mark and myself were outside, outside the studio here. Just left the lab. And uh, we seen a red light coming at us. It was coming, uh, I guess you would say, South. Not far from the airport, this red, non-blinking ball coming at us, bright. Then all of a sudden, it went up and uh, dimmed and went out. Can't figure out what it was. It did not look like anything that we could identify. Some people were telling us maybe it was one of the Chinese lanterns somebody set loose. People do that around the 4th of July. I've seen them flying, and uh, this was not a Chinese lantern. I've seen them, they flicker. 
they go with the wind one way or the other. This thing had a dedicated path, and then it went up, and it never varied as far as the brightness till the very end where it's, you could see it going higher, and it just went out that way. All right. Okay, if anybody's interested in going to anything interesting on UFOs, I believe it's next weekend. Let me just say two weeks. July 29th in Kicksburg is the UFO Festival. First time I ever heard of this. Apparently, it's been going on for a few years. And uh, Kitsburg is the location where an airport, an airport, listen to me, a UFO had crashed, I guess, back in the 60s. Supposedly, the government came in, took it away, flattened another one on a flatbed, similar to what they did up in Carbondale or Dixon City. Okay. This thing was uh, described as being shaped like an acorn, funny writing along the side of it, like some type of hieroglyphic. And uh, many, many people seen it. They actually have pictures of the trees that are broken down and, you know, a certain height across the top. Government came in, took care of the whole thing, and said nothing happened. No one's there. And uh, lots of witnesses to that one there. Now, what's going on up in, uh, like I said, Dixon City up that way? I don't know if anything really happened. We talked about it a number of times, and I really don't want to go back and visit that unless somebody has... uh, something to add to it and they want to call in they can equally easily do that all righty what else do we have in my stack of stuff here tonight uh, spent the afternoon down at inner peace they had their psychic fair down there very very busy today it was good they must have had maybe a dozen psychics every one of them was busy they had some people selling some gems and rocks they had back mountain uh, stones and gems there they will be at the east coast paracon Spoke to her. Very, very nice lady. If anybody's looking for any crystals, any, uh, I guess, fossils, stones, gems, anything like that, she's the one to find it up in Back Mountain in Dallas. Okay, like I said, she'll be in uh, the East Coast Paracon on September 24th of this year at the Marketplace in Steamtown. Now, that used to be called, Ste- used to be called the Steamtown Mall. Now it's the Marketplace in Scranton. Okay, now... I keep moving right along here. Come on, Bob, where you at? I'm waiting for you to call. Okay. July 31st. That's a Sunday. Guys from the lab here at East Coast Paracon, we're going to be down at the Wilkesbury Township Fire Hall. There's a little girl named Lila. If anybody's come to the Paracons before, or you think we've even had her on the show here, Lila's Lollies. This is a benefit for a young girl. She has epilepsy. She's had some major surgeries uh, on her brain. And uh, this is to help the family take care of her, take care of the bills and things. There will be a bingo. Sunday, July 31st, 1 o'clock, Wilkesbury Township Fire Hall. It's $20 to get into the thing. Okay, and that's uh, 20 games for $20. That's not a bad deal. Okay, there'll be raffles, instant bingo, foods, beverages. All there for you, Okay. I don't know how long it takes. I've never really uh, participated in a bingo, but I guess I'll be there uh, selling cards. And I believe Hawk will be there calling the numbers. Okay. If you need to purchase tickets in advance, you can call Judy at 570-899-3159 or Lisa at 570-574-4706. Okay. All right. I'll give you those numbers again just in case you missed them. Judy, 
570-5700-3159 or Lisa, 570-574-4706. This is a bingo for Lila. It'll be the Wilkes-Barre Township Fire Hall, July 31st at 1 p.m. Appreciate it if you help the girl out a little bit. Okay, it looks like we have Bob on the line here. Good. Hello, Bob. Yeah, hi, Stan. Oh, I'm glad you called. I'm sitting here all by myself. Oh, you should have told me. I could have at least come up <laughs> prepared something. I don't know. Well, I, it was a last-minute thing. I didn't think I'd be by myself. Oh, dear. Well, yeah, if that ever happens, just give me a call. I'll try to get up. Sure. Um, yeah, I didn't hear the first couple minutes, so I, I missed if, if, what you might have said, but I heard you talk about seeing the the golf ball size uh, UFO. Yeah, I believe I spoke to you a few weeks ago. I told you yeah. I'd seen something like that yeah. on the horizon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, there's a, what people have been seeing the last couple of years in, in Pennsylvania. It's um, let me describe this process because you know anymore with the you know people they have ghost hunting equipment, they have infrared viewing stuff, and a lot of people are seeing what they here. Here's the sequence: they'll be out looking at the woods, and they'll see little in in their they won't see this with the naked eye, but at nighttime they'll see through the infrared viewer, little balls of light coming down from the sky, just raining down like rain would. And they're any size from a golf ball to about a cantaloupe, anywhere in between. And they come down and then cluster around one or two trees. So it almost looks like a Christmas tree lit up. But you don't see any of this with your naked eye. Hmm. And then what happens is all these orbs merge into one, and then that goes into the visible light spectrum. So all of a sudden you see this glowing globe about the size of a beach ball, and it's um, sort of gold-colored. So it looks like a you know a little sun about the size of a beach ball. Hmm. Is that bright, though? You say like a little sun? It's oh, yeah, it's very bright? bright, and it'll burn brightly for and burn being the operative word. It's kind of flickering, and it goes up. Then it goes up to the treetop level. And then what happens? It kind of stays in place and then blinks out. And then all of a sudden where the ball was, you see what looks like airplane lights, except there's kind of too many of them. In other words, you, you, you know, typically with an airplane, there's a red light on one side and a green on the other and some white lights for, you know, marking the plane. But what happens is that these lights sort of form the imitation look of an airplane and then it flies off, and I, uh, I can't tell you. I mean, I guess this stuff. Basically, what seems to be happening is they're beaming down a ship from a higher dimension, assembling it into the physical, and then disguising themselves as an airplane. That seems to be my best guess for for what is actually going on. But this has been seen all over the state. Um, now, has there been any noise or sounds with these? Usually. Almost no sound unless you're right next to it, in which case there's sort of a, almost like a whispering hum. You don't even notice it unless somebody said, listen to that. And then, and then there's like a real low hum that you, would, you probably wouldn't even notice. But other than that, it's silent. And people have videotaped these. Um, I saw this myself with some people. We were down around um, Blakesley Corners and headed towards Francis Walter Dam, and we saw that. But if you're driving along the road, you might see it as like a gold star because, you know, if you're not right next to where the trees are, it looks like a gold star on the horizon. But it's, it's so I don't know who's doing that and what they're up to, but that seems to be the mode of 
modus operandi of UFOs these days. Hmm. Um, as opposed to being blatantly obvious, I guess they have to be careful. You know, the, this also was described in a very famous case, um, similar kind of assemblage in uh, the, the Bentwaters Air Force Base in England. Um, turn left at Eastgate, there's a book called that, and it's about Rendlesham Forest that it was on Christmas Eve in 1980 that a ship showed up on the ground, sort of in the same way. There were like balls of light that came down, but they were visible. And then suddenly there was like an explosion of light, and suddenly there was an aircraft on the ground. And then all the uh, airmen, because it was near an Air Force base, were sworn to secrecy. I, okay, as soon as you said that, I remember hearing about that one there. The yeah. airmen sworn. They actually, uh, I believe there was a general or a colonel that actually witnessed it, and uh, mm. he was hushed up. Yeah. Well, they were all, It's. I know um, uh, Peter Robbins, who wrote the book, along with uh, another fellow named Larry, I think his name was Larry Warren, I can't remember his last name, but they said, of course, the next morning what they all did is you know, called their families and said, gee, I saw the coolest thing. And then they were all told to shut up about it. Mm-hmm. And um, you know what? I, uh, it turned out that there were nuclear weapons stored under the base, which nobody was supposed to know about. But obviously the alien presence did. But whatever is happening here in Pennsylvania, it seems to happen a lot. But in spurts, it's not always going on, but people see this. And uh, I haven't seen much this summer. I haven't really been out looking, but um, maybe it's, uh, you know, this is the best time of year because you don't have to freeze or anything. You know, you can just go out and look the sky over. And So if anyone wants to call in and report anything they've seen, by all means. (laughs) Well, for prepping for the show, I went online, and uh, you've probably heard of New Force. N-U-F-O-R-C-E. Go to newforce.org, and uh, basically it's a database of uh, all UFO sightings that people turn in. And okay, I, I narrowed I, it down to Pennsylvania, and uh, these last last year is uh, I'd have to say over a thousand sightings. Yeah, I, I actually was not aware of that site, but you know I, I certainly know Peter Davenport's UFO Reporting Center and mm-hmm. some of the other ones like MUFON obviously takes reports, right. but. So, yeah, you can see, you probably are more up-to-date than I am right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, one of the things that people may, maybe need to know is that a lot of what is called UFO activity is actually, um, I, I've come to realize that some of it is, is like nature spirits that actually are sort of like the caretakers. They're like, um, you know, the backstage people that keep the show going on. And um, we just take it all for granted, and uh, it's just part of nature. And I, well, it's like the Native Americans. They used to uh, pray to all different things, and I'm sure uh, something was taking care of them, too, back then. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I don't have a lot to say. I can call back if you have any questions. Right now, I, as you say, you kind of caught me off <laughs> <caught me on laughs> guard. Um, but um, this is a, a good season for looking. And statistically, Wednesdays and Saturday nights are the best for viewing for whatever reason. Nobody quite knows why. And you are there's a fellow who you're going to have at the Paracon who's writing a book about UFOs, and he's done the Eastern Coast ones, and I, I don't have his name in front of me, but he's pretty knowledgeable. And you've had him on the show before. I can't remember. Oh, okay, I, I name slips me right now, but I know who you're speaking about. 
Okay, well. Okay, wait, I get still. Hey, I'm not going to let you go that easy. Oh, okay. I'm sitting, like I said, I'm sitting here alone. <laughs> okay. Okay, uh, last week, Mark had mentioned that he had seen some balls in the sky. Mm-hmm. I don't remember if he said he's seen four or five of them in a line coming across his mountain where he lives. Mm-hmm. And uh, at first I said, okay, you know, I wasn't sure what they were. But then he said they were almost the size of the moon in that area. That, they're not mm-hmm. quite as big as the moon, right? Yeah. And he said, dead silent, moving in a line. And he had thought maybe it was some type of a military operation, you know, with something silent. Were they in a line or were like they V-shaped? I'm not entirely sure, but I do, I believe I recall him saying they're in a line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know where exactly he lives, but... Um, He's up in the Tunkhannock area. Yeah, okay. Anything in that, like... The, the, the strongest, like, highway, so to speak, that you would say in this area is um, sort of run, uh, runs around Knoxon and then through the mid-valley of Scranton and then heads east towards uh, the Hudson Valley. So it cuts through around Poughkeepsie and Kingston, New York, that area. And um, it's kind of level from here to Williamsport. Then it curves down above Pittsburgh. But there's a lot of... Um, UFOs that fly along that line, and and so you can predict almost. You, like I remember asking people on the North Shore of Harvey's Lake if they ever saw heart, uh, UFOs, and they, and one said, "Oh yeah, we see them here all the time." And you know that's it's sort of the Knoxon area. So Tunkhannock, I guess, would be close enough. But anywhere that there's water, like they, they'll follow streams, and I guess they maybe just to check water. I don't know. Hmm, that's interesting. I never really realized that they uh, actually seek out areas where there's water at. Yeah, they do tend to, especially like on the on the border there where the Delaware is, like Pond Eddy and Skinner's Eddy and all those mm-hmm. Eddy places there on the on the northeast part of the state there near Honesdale. They they follow the water there, and um, they actually have been seen like coming down all the way like around where Route 92 comes into Pittston. They follow that. Um, there seems to be an attraction to water, but then, uh, you know, I, you know, certainly I, I've, I've read books that they take water, but I, I never seen them do that, so I can't prove it. <laughs> this is a very uh, watery or damp area between the river, the lakes around Lake Wampalpac, Harvey's Lake, mm-hmm. a lot of the smaller lakes. We definitely have uh, something that would attract them if they like water. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, just looking at my files that I brought in. Uh, on that New Forest thing, there is actually one uh, from last September in Harvey's Lake. Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. somebody spotted something up there. Let's see what he describes it as. Um, starts off as just a bright light. The light became two lights, then into several lights. The lights then combined back into one light and then dimmed out to nothing. That's very typical. Very typical. And what, what's going on there? I, I can't explain why they do that, but that happens a lot. <laughs> Hmm. And I said, you, as soon as you mentioned Harvey's Lake, I said, oh, I think I have something on that here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, keep your eye out, everybody. You, you might see something. I know uh, people, especially around the Mid-Valley section of Scranton, uh, see a lot of stuff. Now, I had mentioned earlier that uh, last weekend we had seen something come across the sky a little bit off from the airport. Mm-hmm. Is that common that something would fly by the airport and there would be no record of it or no... No, uh, nobody saying anything. Or well, when there was that 1991 UFO flap over Clark Summit, 
they were flying towards the airport a lot, you know. So that seems to be a route. And I remember Keith Martin said at the time that it was C5As, but nobody was buying that. It, that didn't, you know, that was a nice excuse, but I don't think anyone really believed that. Um, they do, for some reason, seem to come, I guess, I guess the, you know, Avoca, it's, it's close enough to the Pittston. Again, if, if they come down the river by Pittston, you know, on by 92, and then they would, I guess, cut across toward where the airport is. Okay, Bob, you're going to hang in there or you want to leave us? Because we have a break coming up. Um, well, I can hang in if you want, or I can hang up. It's your choice. Uh... Well, you can hang up if you want to call back. Give us a call back if you see something interesting. Okay. Okay, thanks, Bob. Bye. Okay, it's time for us to take a break. Hawk, Stan, where'd you go? You left me here in the studio alone, and it's time to get back in the air. Oh, well, I'll talk to the people until you're done with your coffees. Bring me back one. Did you hear what the East Coast Paracon did now? There's going to be a fashion show at the Paracon. On the center stage in the marketplace at Steamtown in Scranton on September 24th. Fashion Hots Magazine will be conducting this fashion show, and guess what? You might just see some local girls there. I'll get back to you on the times. When you're there, stop and see the guys. Tell them Elmer sent you. I hear you can get your palm read there. I don't know why anyone would drag such a big tree and like that just to have it read. Ah, it's your own. Talk to you soon. Hey, it's Mark Hayes from Paranormal Science. Did you ever get that feeling like you have a thousand demons tearing at your back? You know the pain. Are you uncomfortable in your own body, like you're possessed with somebody else's torment and suffering? You don't need an exorcist. You need chiropractics. Dedicated to providing the best chiropractic and rehabilitative care possible, chiropractics will get you back into the body you remember. Chiropractics, 569 Pier Street, Kingston, PA. Check them out on the web, getchiropractics.com, T-I-X on the end, or call 570-288-5800 and get back to living. Welcome back to Paranormal Science. I'm Stan Zurich, uh, and we have a caller coming in. Okay, Tom from Plains. Hello, Tom. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How are you doing? All uh, right. I see you want to talk about a full moon? Yeah. Did you see it out there? Uh, yeah, it's big. It's quite a large well, moon. I know you don't have windows in your studios. No, when I was coming in, though, I could see a little bit of it. Right now, I'm sitting here uh, in a windowless room all by myself. <laughs> what do you think? You know, I know you want to talk about UFOs and stuff like that, but what do you think about uh, people's behavior about a full moon? Okay, if Mark were here or Joe were here, I know they have a lot to say about it. I have some things, ideas on it, but uh, as, law, as they're in law enforcement, they'll tell you that... Uh, Crime usually spikes up during a full moon, and different things happen. Yeah. Now, I, I know the hospitals will tell you that childbirths go up, and uh, I've been involved with EMS as a past EMT. I noticed that uh, a lot of different mental illnesses and different things like that seem to happen during a full moon. Well, I noticed that my relationship with my woman, uh, when there's a full moon, doesn't go good. <laughs> Not a good time on their full moon, huh? Not a good time. Okay. 
Well, I guess... Well, I, I end up spending my time in a hotel room, so... Boy, you can plan... I guess you have to plan on that ahead of time when the full moon's coming. And it only... Luckily, it oh, only yeah, comes... yeah, yeah. I have to look at the calendar. <laughs> <laughs> luckily, it's only every so often. It's not, you know, something you have to... Oh, uh, once a month. That's it. Yep. Well, I guess yeah. uh, it affects... It affects the uh, earth. It's pulling the water. once a month with something different, you know? Well, I don't, I'm not even going to go there. Uh, wrong show for that. <laughs> okay, Stan. All right. Thanks, Thank Tom. You. Thank Good you. Night. Good night. Okay, let's see if I can get Tom off here. Okay. All right. Uh, Tom's right. The moon is full tonight. If you just stroll outside, you look up. It, it looks rather large. Uh, that I don't understand. The size of the moon usually doesn't change, but it uh, appears much larger sometimes. And I know they have different n names for full moon. Uh, I don't know what tonight's called, but there's blue moons and blood moons and new moons and old moons. Uh, that I'm not up to speed on, so I couldn't even guess what they were. All right, back to the UFOs. I had mentioned uh, a website called NewForce, N-U-F-O-R-C.com, or excuse me, .org. If you go on that site and you search you can do a search for any state you want, anything at all like that. I did Pennsylvania, and it gives you literally thousands. It listed by the city. All right. I mean, they've got Monroeville, Verona, New Freedom, Jacobs, State College, Bath, Philadelphia, Shavertown. Here's one that's local. Let's see what they have to say on Shavertown. Okay. On June 30th of this year, at 1.15, somebody reported seeing a cylinder. Cylinder-shaped UFO, Shavertown, Pennsylvania. See, this guy and his wife are both medical professionals and were sta stargazing, which they do on a regular basis. They were accustomed to spotting all kinds of aircrafts and satellites. They observed a cylinder-shaped UFO at approximately 10,000 feet. Night sky was totally clear, no haze, no moonlight showing. The craft moved silently from south, moving toward the north. It was moving much faster than any plane or satellite. It took about 10 seconds to cross our observed sky. Both ends of the satellite appeared to be illuminated and almost translucent. Now, that's in Shavertown, and that's only a couple weeks ago. All right, if anybody wants to look these up for themselves, a lot of information there. If they have anything else here. I mentioned Troop earlier. Let's see what happened there. Troop. Uh, June 23rd. Okay. Large circle in the sky. Let's see what this guy has to say about this. I was on my back porch looking up at the stars around 10.20 Eastern Time and observed what looked like a shooting star. Moved very fast straight down toward the ground in a white ball of light. Okay. The object looked similar in medium-sized star. It wasn't big and bright. The light was solid, and there was nothing blinking. I ran out in the front porch of my house to keep an eye on it. Lost for a few minutes and spotted again. It seemed to have changed directions. It seemed to be very high in the sky, higher than an airplane. Then I noticed it looked like it was going up even higher. Eventually lost it. Okay, quick description. Small white ball of light coasting through the sky. Did not seem to have a direct path as would an airplane traveling west and seemed to be going through, going after the reach of a certain point. Okay, now that's, that's just uh, from the lab here just up the road in Troop. Okay. All right. If anybody has any UFO stories to tell us, or if they want to just throw in anything, we're talking about UFOs, but I'm willing to open it up to anything at all. Okay. Give us a call at 
570-883-0098 or 1-800-437-0098. And we'll talk about it. All right. Another interesting website I found today. People hear of Project Blue Book. All right. And I said, you know, I'm going to look that up and just see what that's about and what happens with that. You look it up. And I find an interesting website, www.bluebookarchive.arc. All right. That will bring you to Project Blue Book Archive. From there, you can browse the archive. You can search the archive. I mean, there's a lot of different things you can do here. It says currently there is 563,323 pages online. Unfortunately, uh, when you go and you look in the Blue Book, a lot of good information there. A lot of it's still blacked out. They say, you know, freedom and everything, everything's up and uh, posted. They did post everything, but they uh, didn't take away the black spots, I guess. Okay, now you can search by words, search by cities. Let's see what Blue Book has to say about Scranton. Okay, let's see here. Bring that up. Department of the Air Force, Headquarters, United States Air Force. Spot intelligence report, unidentified flying objects. Okay, they block it out. Somebody, a resident of Scranton, PA, reported by letter, postmarked Scranton, PA, 16 March, 1954. And addressed to Scranton, PA, Department of the 3rd District, the U.S. Air Force. Sighting of unidentified flying object on 12 March, 1954, about 1940 hours in the vicinity of the 1500 block of Nayog Avenue, Scranton. A person was interviewed on 16 March 1954 and furnished substantially the same information as contained in his letter, copy of which is attached and enclosed in this report. All right, and it goes on, tells you about, you know, the object and uh, different things this person said. Okay, he watched it for a little while. Uh, this you got to remember, this is back in 1954, which uh, I guess there was the height of the UFO movies, things like that, and, uh, you know, people saying aliens are coming, things like that, and people are uh, reporting a lot of different things. But that just, you know, there's so much here to look, to check. Let's see what else they said here now. Unidentified flying object, interception or identification action taken. Such action may be taken whenever feasible, complying with existing Air Force directive. Okay, see, they uh, they actually have in their records there that they are able to take action uh, when feasible. Okay. Okay, location of any air traffic in the area at the time of sighting, none. Position, title, and comment of the preparing officer, including his primary analysis of the possible cause of the sighting. Right, and they list the guy's name here, special agent, uh, detached commander, Scranton. Okay. All right. Again, Blue Book is open if you're interested in looking at it in their Project Blue Book archives. All right, dot org. Bluebookarchive.org. Very, very interesting site if anybody's looking for UFO information. You have to dig. You have to dig deep in this one. But there is a lot. And uh, it's easy to search. It's very, very simple to use. But when you do get to where you want, you're going to see that it's, uh, it's, it's blacked out a lot of it. You won't get any names off of it. You might not get any direct information. 
you know. So, I mean, it's something that's not, not it's easy to get there, easy to find what you want, but you're going to have to uh, dig deep to get the rest of the information on it. Very possible. Yeah. Here's another one they have up there. Saucers, flash over capital, outrun, 550 mile per hour jet planes. Let me try and get closer to this. It's a little tough to read these. Washington, July 27. Mysterious objects streaked through the Washington skies last night and early today. At such speeds, if 550-mile-an-hour jet planes could not catch them, the Air Force reported. Now, this is the Air Force reported this. We don't know what they are, an Air Force spokesman said. We have no concrete evidence that they are flying saucers. Conversely, we have no concrete evidence they are not flying saucers, he said. All right, now this was July 28th, 1952. All right, back before, uh, I guess they were just starting to try and keep everything quiet on and different things, but uh, it's, it, it's odd. It's, you know, they're actually admitting here that they have no idea what it is, and it's outflying their jets at the time. Okay, the Civil Aeronautics Administration Air Route Traffic Controlling Center picked up as many as 12 of the mysterious objects on their radar screen Saturday night. It was the second such visit to the Washington area in a week by unidentified objects. So it wasn't the first one that came in. It's the second time around. Okay. Spokesman at the traffic control center said the nature of the electronic signals on the radar scope ruled out the possibility they were clouds or some form of weather disturbances. Now, we've all heard the government say, oh, it was a balloon. Oh, it was a cloud. It was this swamp gas, whatever. This article right here basically says... Uh, from the government, they have no idea what this was, why it outran their planes, why it's on their radar. It even admitted it's on their radar. All right. That you can find if you do a search under Scranton. And uh, there's probably six or seven different things you can click on. Keep clicking down. It's about halfway down on the, the little blocks. You'll find it. Okay. And uh, let's see. This was... Uh, this clipping was actually from, this is why they have it on the Scranton, the Scranton PA Tribune, July 28, 1952. It was a release from the government. Okay, the two jets from Newcastle, Delaware, Air Force Base, gave chase for about 11.35 until 11, uh, until 12.15 a.m. today. Two other jets went aloft, 1.40 a.m. and remained in the air, hunting the objects without success until 2.20 only one of the four jet pilots, Lieutenant William Patterson, sighted the objects. Patterson saw four lights, apparently 10 miles in front and slightly above him. The Air Force said they disappeared before he could overtake them. Again, Air Force admitting that something was there. Very, very, very strange. I, mean, I just found this site today, so I mean, I think I'm going to be spending a little bit of time here trying to figure out you know, how to get into what, what they actually put in there. Yeah, but it's uh, it's amazing. Ah, okay, what's this one? They've have maps in there. They have drawings in there of different types of uh, sightings, people that sighted. Again, if uh, you're looking for names, you're not going to find names. Okay, the older ones have seemed to have a little bit more information than newer ones, where they're blacked out, where they basically don't want you to know what was there. All right, let's see what else we got here in the stack of stuff today. All right, back to our National UFO Reporting Center. And I, did I mention Shavertown earlier? Cylinder? Yes, I did. I put that one on the other stack. 
All right. Troop. The circle we just mentioned that. Excuse me. That a little while ago. Okay. How about Bloomsburg? We have anybody out there in Bloomsburg? June 13th, approximately uh, 5 o'clock, 4.57 p.m. Okay. Anybody report or did anybody see a fireball go over Bloomsburg? Lasted maybe two to three minutes. Glowing orange, bright orb. Okay, seen over Bloomsburg. This is a new one. I mean, I even heard nothing on that one. Okay, saw a classic orb sighting. There was one of them. Alone, it was bright orange, luminescent, sort of plasma-like, very bright. Saw it just above the tree line, northwest, but it was really close. Hoovering over the apartment complex just above the trees. Now, just like I said, this is not too long ago, and this is just south of us in Bloomsburg. Fireball. All right, anybody have any idea? Are they seeing that? Uh, let us know. This is interesting. Yeah. Okay, what else do we have here? What else? Susquehanna, PA. Okay, we know some people live up there, right? What did they see? A light. Okay, this one was on uh, May 29th. Okay. Uh, strange that the lights are moving in formation. Added about uh, 23, 30 hours on the 28th of May, 2016. My wife and I were on the back deck, looked up and saw what they thought was a satellite. See them all the time, but as I watched and saw a, sec a second light directly behind the first tracking formation. I never seen a satellite do that, and nor do I think they would, you know, do that. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. It's time to take a break now. We'll be back in a few minutes. Well, hi there. It's Elmer here. There's a young girl that needs her help. This young lady, Lila, is 11 years old and suffers from irretractable epilepsy and many other medical conditions as a result of brain surgery. On Sunday, July 31st at 1 p.m. at the Wilkesbury Township Fire Hall, there's going to be a bingo. And guess who's going to be there? The gang from the East Coast Paracon. They'll be calling numbers, selling cards, and whatever else needs to be done. Besides the bingo, there'll be raffles for sale, instant bingo, and food and beverages. And it's only a donation of $20. That's a dollar per game, 20 games. To, pur to purchase tickets, contact Judy at 570-899-3159 or Lisa at 570-574-4706. Didn't get those numbers? Go to www.eastcoastparacon.com. That's all one word, East Coast Paracon, and get them there. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Warning. This program may contain material that is controversial to some listeners. Spontaneous enlightenment may occur. Well, welcome back, Paranormal Science. Uh, okay, we left. We're talking about UFOs in Scranton. Uh, if you go on that website, you're going to see that they have them. You can look up Wilkes-Barre. I just did one on Pittston. They have them there, too. All right. Looks like Bob's giving us a call back. Let's see what he has to say. Hello, Bob. Yeah, hi, how are you doing? Hey, welcome back. Oh, it's funny, when we were on the commercial break, the moon popped up over the house and crossed the street here. And I'll tell you, it does look like it's full, but technically the full moon isn't until Tuesday, so ah. God help us all. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see what strange effects it has on people this week, right? Well, you know, they, you know, songs like By the Light of the Silvery Moon, it, it tends to make people uh, go extreme, so... 
if you're in love, you're madly in love. And if you're angry, you're madly angry, and so on and so on. But <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to suggest anything that, you know, that's what, that's why the werewolves come out. <laughs> right. Hey, we all, we've done uh, shows on werewolves in the past, and yeah, that has an effect on them. Okay. So the reason I'm calling back, you mentioned Blue Book, mm-hmm. which of course was a study of UFOs uh, that was done in the 1950s. And the collection, they collected, the Air Force collected stories from people because they wanted to show that they were on top of things and were paying attention. But then um, they ended it uh, in the, I guess around 1959, somewhere around there, and said that after studying all these cases, they decided that UFOs weren't a credible threat or a serious threat in any case. But it surprises me. Uh, the one I, article that I did read basically states the Air Force saying there was a UFO. Yeah, and then, see, what they, they, they kind of changed their policy after that. Um, when I was in the Navy in the 70s, we had what was called the Joint Army-Navy-Air Force publication, and it was the rules you were supposed to go by. Uh, if you were in the Army, Navy, or Air Force. And the rule, now this is classified, but everybody knows this at this point, so I can tell you. The rules for if somebody reported a UFO was that the rule was you're not allowed to say that it's a UFO. So you would have to say, well, maybe it was Venus. Maybe it was, (laughs) you know, (laughs) maybe it was smog. Maybe it was uh, swamp swamp gas. gas, Yeah. But they were actually told that these instructions were at that time. Now, I don't know if it's still the case, because I'm not in the Navy, but in the 70s, that was the rule. Even if you knew that it was a UFO, officially all you could say was, well, maybe it was something. Isn't that the same thing pilots aren't allowed to talk about, or they'd be grounded? Well, I think with them it's more, um, they don't want the, the... Usually the the air, air, airlines don't want their pilots to be seen as crazy. So if you if they file, you know, then they then they have to sort of say, well, you know, he's always been a good pilot. We don't think he's nuts. So you know, but I, it, it's more to cover themselves that way. Right. But I wanted to you you reminded me by talking about Blue Book of there's something else that people talk about. It's called Blue Beam, and I, I just want to make sure people know the difference. Blue Beam is. Uh, they, they, the Air Force was thinking about ways that they could trick an enemy into surrendering. So if they figured if they were in some country that was, um, say, Islamic, they could have Mohammed show up in the sky and say, like, now you guys just knocked that off, mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever. So they were trying to think of how they could project images of deities into the sky. And, of course, there have been a number of experiments along those lines where at this point they probably could pull it off fairly well you know with the laser technology and everything else we have going for us these days they could just spray a layer of chemtrails and then shine a movie projector on it or something but i don't think we need to worry about that because you know it's just too it's kind of too well known it's too open you know that the people know about it so that it's it's not like people would be fooled anymore but there was a time when they were talking about it and it's known as blue beam but i i just don't think there's some people that are concerned that the government as a last resort will have a stage in a fake alien invasion using this technology and um and i don't think that's going to happen and i could be wrong but it just seems like at this at this point everybody's too savvy for that to work right 
And um, we are in an interesting week. Uh, not only uh, are we sort of close to the Roswell anniversary, which is around July the 7th when the thing crashed near Roswell, but also the moon landing was uh, July 20th, 1969, the first one. So that would have been like Wednesday this week will be the anniversary of that. And, um, boy, there's a whole discussion there about, like, whether what we were shown was real or not. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of on the doubting side because I've... And, you know, I, I loved it. I was When I was 19, we watched it all at work, and we were all just so proud of ourselves and you know, the country and everything else. But now you look at some of those YouTube videos, and it just looks like a staged production. So there's arguments that go on endlessly about that. And it's also... Um, Locally, there's a a sad story, and that's uh, Mary Jo Kopechny, um on Monday the 18th. Is, is Monday the 18th? Yeah, it's that's the anniversary that mm-hmm. she died. And uh, I a local girl, yes, choked up about that because yeah. she's buried there in Plymouth. Yeah. And uh, I know you have connections with it, and I've spoke to you about this in the past. Yeah, yeah. So. But it, it's an interesting week, that's for sure. It's also um, Woodstock happened this week in 1969. I was just going to ask you, were you there? <laughs> no, you know what? I, I didn't know about it till after it, it would have happened. Uh, they, okay. You know, they advertised it in the Philly papers in New York, but they didn't advertise it in the, the local Wilkes-Barre papers, so I was not aware of it. Right. And, um, boy, I wish I had been. <laughs> hey, Bob, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you go now because I have one more caller, and I'll see if I can sneak okay. him in before the end. Okay, okay. thanks, Bob. Okay. Uh, sorry for letting you hang on there so long. Charlie, you still with us? Hello. 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 Uh, first of all, have you read the book uh, Beyond Roswell? No, uh, I can't say I have. one of the first books out. Uh, and uh, it's about the the crashes of, uh, of um, UFOs in... Uh, uh, Socorro and uh, Roswell and all. Everybody thinks there was only one crash, Roswell. No, there was two, right? No, there were 16. Six? 16. And, I've heard uh, of two, but I... read this book, Beyond Roswell, uh, there were uh, 16 crashes, and the Hopi Indians in Socorro, New Mexico, uh, would uh, were very aware of the soldiers because as those uh, UFOs uh, crashed there, uh, the soldiers would come in and butt the butt the uh, aliens with their uh, rifles and all, hurting them and killing them. But uh, these Hopi Indians said that there was one uh, when when there was one crash there where. Uh, there were about four or five uh, aliens in it, and one had a broken leg. And they got there before the soldiers did, and they uh, grabbed a hold of that uh, uh, one alien, and they brought them back to their uh, the, the reservation. There's Hopi Indian mm-hmm. reservations all around uh, Roswell there. And uh, it, it's amazing that uh, we've had uh, 16 crashes, and... Uh, and a total of maybe 40 to 60 aliens, and uh, we haven't conquered the diseases yet. Uh, and and, and uh, we, what, what has happened to the, all these aliens that they've been butted and everything else? Now, one alien there lasted 
uh, with the Hobie Indians uh, nine years. Okay, Charlie, we got about one minute left here, so uh, we're going to have to Give wrap it up. Give me a call back if you want to. I'll tell you a lot more. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Charlie. You have my number? Uh, yeah, we got it. We got it here. He's got it in the room. Give me a call anytime, and, and and please read that book, Beyond Roswell. Beyond Roswell. Okay, thank you. Okay, right. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, and that wraps up another week here uh, of Paranormal Science. Okay, look outside, watch the full moon, and check and see if you see any UFOs. And for everybody out there, I'm Stan Zurich, and sleep tight. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.